Welcome to the Finding a Job Podcast, a Ben J. Schaap LLC production. In this podcast, we share the stories of world-class business leaders as they discuss their professional journeys, job search strategies, and tactics that have led them to career success. If you're looking to find a fulfilling, well-paying career path, this podcast will unearth the tools and tips you need to expedite your learning curve and avoid common roadblocks that face people entering the working world. Now here's the host of the Finding a Job podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast. Today we're going to reveal some practical job search tips and strategies you need to land a great first job. Joining us again is Leslie Mittler, who is a co-host of the Finding a Job podcast and a career coach and co-founder at Early Stage Careers. Leslie's company is a service that helps college students bridge the gap between their education and their first job. And today, Leslie and I are going to talk about how you can use that new LinkedIn profile you just created to help your job search. Okay, here's my conversation with Leslie Mittler, career coach and co-founder of Early Stage Careers. Leslie, welcome back to the Finding a Job podcast. Thank you. Good to be here again. Great to have you back on the show. Always excited to talk about how early stage careerists can find great jobs. One of the tools that we talked about last week was LinkedIn, and we spent most of our time talking about how to create a sparkling, beautiful, shiny new LinkedIn profile. You're going to go and write a great headline, have a great image, fill out your background, get recommendations, talk about all your experience. And then you actually have to go and do the work of using your LinkedIn profile. It's not enough to just have it published and hope people find you. You have to spread the word that you are out there in a professional sense. Let's talk a little bit about how to use your LinkedIn profile. I think one of the biggest, most obvious ways that LinkedIn is useful is networking. Talk to me about some of the ways that you can use your LinkedIn profile to build your network and make important connections. The first thing is to make sure that you have a lot of connections. So one of the things about getting started on LinkedIn is that, you know, people will have 10 or 15 or 37 or whatever number of connections, and it really looks kind of weak. So you want to really go through your inventory of people that you know. It could be professors, it could be members of clubs that you're in, it could be people that you went to high school with, friends, friends' parents, faculty, people in your sorority, in your fraternity, anyone that you've met across different walks of life. And I think that it's really important to have a lot of different kinds of people. Like you just don't want to have people that you know from clubs at school, because the more people that you have that exponentially expands your connections. So it's not just your first degree connections, it's your connections connections that make your network much more powerful. I'm sorry, let me chime in here and just define first and second degree connections, because I think that's an important distinction, specifically when you're talking about LinkedIn. When you have a first connection, that means it's somebody that you have offered to connect, right? You've reached out to them and they've accepted your connection. And the reason why that's important is they can not only help you connect to other people that they know, but it allows you to see those connections, right? You get a sense of not only who is in your network, but where your network can help you make new connections. So first connection is somebody that you know, second connection is somebody they know, third connection is somebody your second connections know, and so forth. 
That's correct. And so where it becomes particularly relevant in terms of second connections, because, you know, you might be saying, well, how important is it to know somebody that my connection knows? But when you're in the job search process and you're using LinkedIn to search for jobs and viewing company pages, when you go to those company pages, it's going to not only reveal to you all of the employees that are on LinkedIn that work for that company, but it will also show you your first connections and your second connections. So therefore, it will tell you how you know the second connection. And the reason that's important, let's say I'm connected to somebody that Ben wants to know at a company. So Ben would reach out to me and say, I see that you know Johnny at XYZ company, and that's a company I'm really interested in and want to apply to, and I would love to get an introduction to Johnny. Could you make that introduction? So this is where the second degree connections become really important. And one of the other things that people don't realize is that most people don't get jobs from their first degree connections, but through their connections, connections, or maybe even one or two stages down the road. That's the whole idea of networking is you take the people that you know and you meet the people that they know and then they introduce you to the people that they know and eventually you get connected to the person that actually matters. It sounds very labor intensive, but honestly, this is a long term game. And I think the story here for LinkedIn is having a high volume of connections makes an impact in your career and it allows you to have more visibility and then make more connections. So One of the tips that I think is useful, just like with any other social network, you can go through your email list or connect LinkedIn to your Gmail account or whatever email provider you're using, and it will upload a list of the people that you have emailed and you're able to check off the boxes for the people that you do want to connect with and send them in bulk. I am generally pretty liberal with the people that I reach out to in LinkedIn, as long as they have a relevant professional association. I will reach out with them if I've worked with them. I don't think this is something you necessarily have to be shy about. I know a lot of other people feel differently. They don't want to reach out to somebody that has a highly visible profile or that they don't really know yet. I feel like more is better. Leslie, where do you land? What? How close of a connection do you have to have with someone to actually request them to connect on LinkedIn? Well, I think the extreme is, and I'm sure this happens to you also, that people reach out to you all the time who you've never met and think that they have a value proposition for you and want to connect with you on LinkedIn. So those are the people that I'm least likely to accept the connections to because they're really reaching out to me because there's something that they want. Other than that, I just try to, you know, view the connections and see, is there some kind of relationship or reason to be connected to this person? Because I think what happens after a while is that you end up being connected to people and then you get something in your feed saying it's Joe Smith's birthday and you're trying to figure out how you got connected to them and who they really are. So that's really not a connection that's going to ultimately help you at all. So I think you want to have maybe a low bar for accepting connections, but not just connect to anyone if you think that it's never going to be valuable to you. You know, Leslie, I think we look at this a little differently, and I think it depends on what you're trying to accomplish with LinkedIn. I will say that, you know, on LinkedIn, you get a total, a maximum of 30,000 potential connections. And I'm actively trying to get to the 30,000 connections mark because I 
publish content related to my podcast, the MarTech podcast, the Finding a Job podcast, and I want all of the people who are relevant to those markets to see what I'm publishing. Not everybody is a content publisher. So if you are going to be sensitive to what is coming into your newsfeed, then only connect with the people that you want to see their updates. If you're trying to broadcast information to a large audience, you want as many connections as you can get. At the end of the day, it's up to each individual person to decide what the line in the sand is for their connections and how you plan on using LinkedIn. If you don't like seeing that it's Joe Smith's birthday and it's distracting because it shows up in your feed, if that happens to me, I just unfollow that person and you still maintain that connection. On the other hand, that might be labor intensive for some people and they don't want to do that. They feel like they only want to connect with the people they know. Totally up to you. I think at the end of the day, you do want to have a reasonable volume of connection because there is sort of a vanity metric there of this person is already connected to 500 plus people. I think that you want to get to the 500 mark because after 500 connections, LinkedIn just calls it 500 plus on your profile. I would agree with that. And especially if you're somebody who uses LinkedIn in your business, that you want to show that you actually have a credible following in your business. And the other thing is that connecting to somebody is not permanent. It's not forever. If you decide somebody is being annoying or you don't want to be connected to them anymore, you just unconnect. And they never even are notified that you're not connected, except if they look at your profile and it doesn't say first next to it, they'll realize that they're no longer a first connection of yours. You actually, you don't even have to unconnect with them. You can unfollow them, which means you're not going to get them in your news feed. Or you could block their messages if they're writing you directly, and you can still maintain that connection. So there are some workarounds. That actually brings us to an important part about networking is that you can actually communicate directly with the people you're connected with. Leslie, how do you recommend our audience uses the messaging platform on LinkedIn? Well, there are several ways. One, which we discussed in an earlier episode, is that when you go to a career fair or an information session, that you can message the people that you've met at that career fair or that information sessions and thank them for speaking with you, for the information they shared and trying to make a connection with them so that they not only are somebody that you are connected to, but they can take a look at your profile and learn more about you. And it might trigger an interest or start a dialogue. So I think that's one really terrific way to use it in networking. A few other things that I can think about. Alumni. So I always suggest to people that they try to find alumni who are either working for companies that they're applying to, working in an industry that they're interested in, particularly young alum, they seem to be more sympathetic to wanting to speak with current college students about internships and first jobs and helping them understand how to navigate their way in that particular industry. So whether it's alum, whether it's people who are in your sorority, fraternity, in the national chapters of those sororities and fraternities, whether it's people that you worked with at internships. So for example, if you have an internship or a work experience, when you leave that, you should connect with everybody that you've met at that experience. And those are really good ways to grow your professional network and to also stay in touch with people. So you can share something with them on LinkedIn. You can share something you posted. You can share something that you read, or you can just 
stay in touch with them or share updates to your profile or activities or things that you've done recently that might interest them professionally? Yeah, I think that talking about bridging the gap between networking and communication, there's a couple different chances to use the communication tools on LinkedIn to network. And to me, when you're interested in connecting with somebody that you don't know, when you make the connection, you have the option to write a message. Write that message. It's a short message. I think it's 250 characters or less, so it's not very long. And you could say, hey, person at the BU Alumni Network, I see you're a fellow alum and you work at X, Y, and Z company. I'm interested in applying for a job there. Was wondering if we could connect to talk about your experience. Something short like that. That, while you're reaching out, gives the person the context of why you're reaching out. And if and when they actually accept your connection, then you can go to the messaging platform once you have a first connection and follow up with that conversation. Hey, person, I know I mentioned that I'm reaching out to talk about X, Y, and Z company. Would love to connect with you as a fellow alumni. Is there a time when we can chat? Right now, you're engaging in a conversation using the chat tool in LinkedIn. That's the strategy that I recommend. Leslie, do you have any other thoughts on how you can use the communication tools to network? Sure. So recently, and there are so many different ways that people use them that sometimes it's a good idea to give an example of something that somebody did so that it triggers thinking about this in a different context. So recently, one of our clients attended online um, ad week. And through that, listen to a variety of different speakers from different firms, some of those firms, which this person is really interested in pursuing professionally. So she sent some of the people that she heard a request to connect and included a little note about having, even though only being a college student, participated in the Ad Week Forum and were very impressed with what they had to say about something or learn something about a presentation that they made that they found really interesting. And as somebody who is you know, aspiring to be in the industry, I would love to stay in touch and be connected. And I think somebody would find that that kind of outreach, even though that they don't know them, there's something in particular, a particular reference that may draw them to want to connect with you. Yeah, I think the context of why you're reaching out is very important in that initial impression. I think the second thing is following up with some sense of immediacy, right? Right after someone accepts your connection, they understand who you are and they just read your message about why you wanted to connect. You don't want to wait a week or two weeks to follow up with somebody. So if you've made a connection and you've asked for someone to have a meeting or follow up or saying that you want to talk, my recommendation is to make sure you're messaging that person within 24 to 48 hours. I definitely agree. And the other thing to remember is that if there's anything that you can offer to someone before you ask for something, that's great. So if you can think of anything that you might be able to do to maybe comment on a post that they wrote or an article that they wrote, something that you can do to give something back before you ask for something, it's a good way to think of incenting people to connect with you. That's a great lead into one of the other big facets of LinkedIn, which is content publishing. LinkedIn is a content platform. And as you get older, you're going to focus more of your time consuming social media on LinkedIn than you would 
on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all the Snapchat, all the other various social networks. I know I spend a lot of time reading information on LinkedIn. And so when you're a first connection with someone and you write a post or you share an article or you comment on something, your comments are shared with your first connections. So one of the ways to get someone's attention is to write a comment or share one of the posts that they've made. It's also a nice way to make sure that they see you as a professional. So if you're at Ad Week and you go to this conference and there's a speaker that you want to engage with, share one of their posts first, write a comment on it. That's something that they will see and then connect and say, I saw your speech at Ad Week. I was very impressed by it. I'd love to follow up with your experience. And I just shared your article to share it with my network as well. Something along those lines. Maybe wordsmith it a little bit. But you can use the content publishing tools to not only make an impression with the people that you want to reach out, it also shares content and lets the people in your network know what you're interested in. Leslie, how do you recommend people looking for jobs use the content platform on LinkedIn? Well, one way is because you can keep up to date and current on what's going on related to a particular company or a particular industry because people post content that's timely and relevant. So I think that's one really good way to find out what is going on. And you can do that not only by following people, and we haven't talked about this before, but by following companies. So following people, following companies, all of that goes into your feed and that feed will give you information that you need on what, what's happening on a day-to-day basis in the life of those people and those organizations. So if you do have an interview, you're not only talking about what you might've learned on the website, but you're also aware of what's going on currently in that company or in that industry in the moment. I just want to say one other thing about comments When you do comment on something that somebody's written or something that somebody has posted, always keep your comments extremely positive. Sometimes there are people who feel the need to express a negative sentiment, but this is not the place to do it. Yeah, I think that not only positive, but also professional. And it goes to what content you're actually going to be publishing on LinkedIn. It's different than what you'd publish on other social media channels You shouldn't be publishing the photos of you at the beach or you doing things that are social. This is meant to be professional. So it's commentary about what's happening in your professional work and your work life. Most of the comments and little pro tip here, the comments that LinkedIn gives the most visibility to are written comments. They're not photos and they're not videos. Sharing things with links are generally suppressed until a certain point. So Sharing comments or writing comments on other people's posts are important and will get some visibility. If you want to be noticed, you should be writing commentary on some of the things that you've seen. The example here is, I attended Ad Week and here are my five biggest takeaways as a college student looking for a job. One, two, three, four, five bullets. That's something that's going to be circulated around LinkedIn more than here's a picture of me attending Ad Week. And the last thing that I'll say is if you're going to make a post either in the actual post or in the comments, you can also tag people by mentioning their name. I was at Ad Week and I saw Leslie Mittler talk about how early stage 
careerists are taking over the working world. And here are my five takeaways from that. When I write Leslie's name, I'm going to tag her so she gets a notification that she was mentioned in a post. So very similar to other social media channels, you can mention people, try to keep it mostly text-based, always keep it professional. And the imagery is something that LinkedIn actually pushes down and doesn't circulate as much as text. One thing I will say, if you're a little nervous about this, if you're new at it, you always have the option to just like a post. That doesn't require you to do anything but click like. And the person who posted will see the people who like the post, but there won't be any comment associated with that. So if you don't have anything that you feel that you want to say that would be meaningful or that you want to publish, but you just want that person to know that you're paying attention to who they are, you can like their post. I agree with you on the flip side with the post liking. Those only get so much visibility. Most of the time when you're a content publisher on LinkedIn, I do this a lot, I will get 15 likes on a post. And so I'm not actually looking at the individual people that are posting. I'm looking at the count of posts. So maybe I get a notification that says Leslie Mittler and 12 other people liked your post. Mm -hmm. uh, the comments actually do show up. So if you really want to make an impression, think of a well-crafted comment. And it doesn't have to be long. It could be, I found this really interesting. Great insights, right? It can be short to the point. You know, why is this something that you found interesting? It does not have to be a blog post in the comments. Leslie, there's a couple other topics related to LinkedIn that I want to talk about. One of them is how to use the platform to research companies you're interested in. How do you feel like job seekers can use LinkedIn to find the dirt on companies that they want to work for? Well, one of the things that you can do, which is maybe not direct, because there are other ways to find direct dirt on companies, other platforms that you can use. But what I like to do is look at the people, the employees who worked at the company or currently work there and see, you know, do they have a lot of people who have a short tenure in the roles that I'm looking at? That kind of thing can tell you maybe this is sort of a churn and burn kind of place, or maybe there's something wrong with the organization or this particular department or this particular function that people just don't stay a long time. So I like to look at longevity. And so when I look at enough profiles, you can see you know, gee, everyone looks like they've been there under three years or people look like they've stayed for a long time and built a career there. So I think that you can get a sense from looking at people's profiles who work at the organization, what kind of tenure, what kind of track record, what kind of promotability, because usually people's LinkedIn profiles will list the different positions that they've had and the number of years they've been in those jobs. You can find out how long people are staying in jobs. You can also look at the roles that people have and the work that they did to get to a certain position. So as you're doing your research, you can learn about companies. You can learn about career paths and also stay up to date on the news and understand the strategy that a company is pursuing. Leslie, I think the last big question that I have for you, and this is a little bit of a controversial topic is it worth paying for LinkedIn? LinkedIn has a couple different options for recruiters and all sorts of other job seekers. Should you pay for LinkedIn or not? Well, I am a proponent of paying for LinkedIn particularly and maybe exclusively when you're in the job search mode. But I think that there's so much more information that can be obtained by being a LinkedIn premium member of some standing. So in addition to the extra things like learning about salary insights and learning about where you stand in relation to the other applicants who have applied to a particular job, 
So they might tell you you're in the top 25% or the bottom 50%. They'll lay out for you the skills that are most valued by that employer for that job. And LinkedIn will actually check off, you know, how many of those skills that you have that are important for that job. So you can really get a sense of, you know, is this something that I should even be applying to? You get many more in-mail messages. And again, this depends on what level of membership, because LinkedIn has so many different levels of membership. But, you know, in-mails are something that you get at least three or more free ones a month. So that's a message that you can send to somebody that is not a connection. And then you can purchase additional in-mails if you want it. So those can be good, particularly during your job search or building your network kind of mode. When you apply to a job using your LinkedIn profile, your job application will show up at the higher end of the search results if you're a premium member. Salary insights also can be very helpful. You can get access to LinkedIn's online video courses if that's something that interests you. You can see who's viewed your profile in the past 90 days. So why is that important? If you have applied to a job and somebody from that company has viewed your profile, then you have a sense that maybe you might be getting a call, maybe there's some interest in you, and maybe you should just be on alert should you get an email or a call about your candidacy for that job. There are also, in the free version, unlike the premium version, you are limited to the number of people that you can see on any company page. So any LinkedIn company page may say, see all 456 employees, but if you don't have the paid subscription, you'll only see a handful of those employees. So that will impede your networking efforts. And I think that's a really big issue. LinkedIn costs, I think it's twenty nine ninety nine is the least expensive package everybody's got different financial circumstances. I would say that it's valuable to pay for the platform, but not necessarily something that's going to make or break your career. I do think that there's value in being able to see all of the employees within a company as you're doing research for them. And you can always upgrade and downgrade. There is a free month when you sign up for a LinkedIn premium platform. So if the 30 bucks a month is something that you can swing it's probably worth it, honestly, that when Leslie was asking me, do you pay for LinkedIn when we were talking about this before hitting the record button? I said, yes, of course, I'm an adult. I am on LinkedIn all of the time, you know, whether it's the salary research or understanding who works for what companies. There's a, a handful of tools that are very valuable if you use them correctly in LinkedIn's premium. If you're not going to use the platform, don't waste the 30 bucks. But I do think that at the end of the day, LinkedIn is an incredibly valuable platform for networking, communicating with your network, doing company research, and also, you know, engaging with people through their content platform. So it's your decision whether you pay for it or not. Leslie, any last words on, you know, using LinkedIn, some pro tips or or maybe even some things not to do? Well, I think in my own life using LinkedIn has been very valuable for a lot of reasons. And one is that I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. We connected not... through LinkedIn. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I saw a post from you because you're connected to one of my first connections. And I thought, oh, here's a podcast host. Maybe I'll just send off a message and say, I'd like to introduce myself as somebody who would love to 
be a guest on a podcast if you're interested in having somebody who knows about early careerists. And that was how our conversation started. So from your point of view, when you saw that, how did you react to it? Did you look at my profile? I mean, what Leslie, action I was, did you I was sitting around waiting for you to write forever. <laughs> <laughs> I know, joking aside, I, I was excited, right? It was a relevant connection. It was somebody reaching out after I'd announced that I was going to be launching the Finding a Job podcast that said, I'm interested in being a podcast guest and I want to help you produce this show and I have relevant experience. What could be better? It was a great way to make connections. And honestly, that's what LinkedIn is for. And it would have never happened without LinkedIn. I mean, how would we, you know, on opposite coasts in the country with really nobody in common in terms of a network have connected with one another, if not through that medium. So I think it's amazing. And my advice is play around with LinkedIn, get kind of lost in LinkedIn so you can learn all of the things that it can do. If you just limit yourself to using it for, you know, the very basic functions, you're never going to understand how deeply you can go with LinkedIn. And it's not all in a guide. It's things that you may have to figure out just by being creative or thinking about a question that you have about something and seeing if you can get it answered by navigating through LinkedIn. It's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to make professional contacts. This conversation is an example of it. I think that LinkedIn is a profile you should definitely spend some time on when you're looking for your first job. And that wraps up this episode of the Finding a Job podcast. Thanks to Leslie Mittler, co-founder and career coach at Early Stage Careers for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Leslie, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at Early Stage Careers, E-A-R-L-Y-S-T-G, C-A-R-E-E-R-S. Or you can visit her company's website, which is earlystagecareers.com couple of links I want to tell you about in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to fajpod.com. It stands for findingajobpodcast.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Finding a Job podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We would love to hear from you. So go to fajpod.com slash question where you can send us your job search questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is FAJPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a regular stream of job search tips in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to keep networking and stay positive. Stay positive.